Good morning. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I'm Janine, and this is Get the Funk Out. That was a little bit uh, from The Shelters with Rebel Heart. We'll listen to that a little more later on. But uh, standing by to join me is Amy Nobley, and she's written this great book, Just When You Get Comfortable in Your Skin, It Starts to Sag. Good morning. Hi. Hi. I cracked up when I opened this package with your book. I, You know, I thought... Okay, this is speaking to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so glad. <laughs> so, uh, what what led you to write this? Obviously, you were going through probably your own stuff, and uh, yeah, what you know, what happened in your life that made you write this? Yeah, so Trish and I, um, she is my best friend and business partner of many, many years. We have written, this is our fourth book, and we write all our books out of a need, as you say, mm-hmm. um, something we're going through, but then we kind of interview hundreds of other women to find out if we're crazy or if this is a real thing. Uh, this particular subject matter started to swell up. We could hear whisperings of women around us saying, like, oh, is this it? Like, wait a minute. Wait, hold on. Do I have permission to, to really just re-engineer my life right now? Right. You know, I, I feel stuck or I feel unfulfilled. So we kind of went on a mission to figure out whether this was a real thing. And, and indeed, it is. We are not our mother's midlife. That's for sure. So, you know, the name of my show is Get the Funk Out. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I thought, how, per- how perfect, because sometimes we're going through this funky, you know, chapter in our life and we're thinking, what is going on? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a real thing. And, and women in this phase, and they hate the word midlife. I mean, they cringed. We would, the minute we said it, they hated it. But we had to put it on our cover because it is what it is. Right. Um, and we, our mission is, is to rebrand it. But women really are looking for permission right now to, as you say, kind of get the negative stuff out. And, and negative could be relationships friendships, it could be a job path that you have stuck to for the wrong reasons. Um, it could be negative, a negative voice about your own being, about yourself. And so really taking the time to step back and ask some really critical questions of yourself now um, at 40 plus, 40, 50, 60 and beyond. It's, it's astounding how many women just don't take the time to do that. Mm-hmm. I love this chapter. Do these crow's feet make my ass look big? Redefining the idea of beauty. You must have been cracking up when you were writing these titles. I mean, we are known for our sort of tongue-in-cheek titles. And, and the humor is a really easy way in mm-hmm. because otherwise you just cry because there's <laughs> these are heavy topics. But, yeah. but yeah, we really, really feel passionately that the, the definition of beauty has to be rethought. Um, and... You know, it was interesting when we asked women what the best compliment they could get. You know, for our motherhood book, I was a really good mom before I had kids. Mm -hmm. The best compliment women could get was that they were a good mom. Like, oh, that's all I want to hear. Now, the best compliment that anybody can get is, oh, you, you don't look your age. Oh, you don't look like you have teenagers. Oh, you look younger. And so whether or not, and that was across the board, you know, and whether or not we want to admit it, Vanity, looking younger, looking younger than our parents' generation. It's a very real thing. But then when we drilled down and we said, okay, 
we get it. Everybody likes a nice compliment. But when do you feel the most beautiful? And then the answer started to shift. Well, when I get out of hot yoga and I'm just sweaty or when I'm having wine with my girlfriends and we're just laughing and adoring each other, um, when I have a really amazing conversation with my children. So those are, the, those are the things that make us light up from the inside out and actually make us look more beautiful. And we're more confident in our skin now. Yes. So really rethinking that, that beauty thing is tricky. I love how you really lay, raise a lot of um, issues that people might think, oh, I'm not the only one feeling this way. You have these eight common fears, uh, future regret, yeah. judgment, making mm-hmm. a mistake, heading down the wrong path, wasting time, wasting money. Uh, right. FOMO, fear of missing out on something awesome because you're too scared to take a risk and fear of failure. Right. You nailed right. that. Those, those are all really real fears, but sometimes we don't even realize that we're, they're embedded in our DNA. We just don't even realize it because we're consumed with taking care of our aging parents and taking care of our aging children and their hormones and our hormones. So really knowing that, you know, really picking those apart. Mm-hmm. Again, all the roads lead back to taking the time to do this. But, you know, what are the things holding you back? I mean, we talked to one woman who had this amazing career in publishing. Amazing. And everybody around her revered her for it. And she read our book. She went on a girl's trip for the first time. She allowed herself to do it. And her friend sat her down and said, you've never liked this career choice, but you're too scared to do what's really right for you. And we can tell you that it's organizing people. You are brilliant at it but you're just too scared to change gears. And she was, like, shocked. Like, wait, what? And she really realized that that was true for her. And now she's got this amazing organizational business because she took the risk, but she needed a little help kind of figuring out that, wow, I am, this fear is holding me back. And so much of the time we just kind of go along our path and we don't even realize that, you know, we're not entirely fulfilled and we've got some fears in there. Yes. One of the things that really struck me is, you guys have a great sense of humor. And I think you definitely need to laugh at yourself, laugh at life, in order to get through all of the road bumps that lie ahead. Oh, there's no question about it. I mean, we, Trish and I are on the phone every single day, many times a day, and we have to laugh. Even even if it's just the most ridiculous stress that you're going through, yes. at, at some point you have to find the humor. And that's why we embed our books with humor, just because, you know, it's, we can all laugh at ourselves and laugh at each other and not take things too seriously. Um, there is always humor in, in everything. Um, and so that, that's what really bonds us. And to that point, it's really, really critical. It's amazing how many women at this, in this phase don't have sort of that support system. And to find your girl tribe, um, thank God for Trish and I, we have each other, but a lot of women don't. And finding that now in your life, like through like a hobby or enrolling in a class that you're interested in. It's just so critical. Yes. We don't have that. (laughs) Things become a lot more dire. I agree. I mean, you talk about taking care of yourself, whether it's meditation, exercise. Uh, How does that play a role in your life? Right. So self-care is really, really critical. When we ask women to prioritize everybody in their lives, Nine times out of ten, they would leave themselves off the list entirely, which is sort of shocking. <laughs> like, not only should we be on the list, we should be pretty much number one yes. or number two. And so self-care, we call them non-negotiables. So what are your non-negotiables? You know, for Trish and I, it's meditating twice a day every day, mm-hmm. and it's working out most days. And it's on the family calendar. 
if my kids walk in and they see me meditating, they, they tiptoe backwards out <laughs> until right. I'm done. Yeah. There's no like, oh, hey, you know, and so whether it's gardening, running, um, whatever it is for you, whatever that thing is that really is your time, uh, maybe it's reading a book, we need to do that because otherwise we get so consumed with, with the stress and with taking care of everybody else. That's just who we are as a generation. And you know why I think you should put yourself number one? Because if you're not happy, then everybody else around you is not going to be happy, especially your kids, your well, partners, well, everybody. Especially, yes. And, and what, are we sh- what are we showing our kids? Mm-hmm. I mean, really, what are we showing our kids? We need to model. Right. We really, really need to model, you know, what we want them to do and how we want them to live their lives. And if we want them to take care of themselves, then we better start with us because they're watching every move we make. Right. It's interesting. I go for walks uh, early in the morning, and sometimes on the weekends, my uh, older daughter will wake up, you know, it'll be 7.30, she'll text me, did you take a walk yet? Can I go with you? And I think, I am the luckiest mom. (laughs) That's amazing. That's amazing. It's great. It's great. So what else would you like uh, readers to know about this book? Well, I think what we would love them to know about the book is that, you know, (laughs) wherever you are in this phase, you might be like semi-happy or you might, you know, we all have parts of our lives right now that feel a little bit like, oh man, okay, (laughs) you know, race to the finish. What do I want to change? Or maybe there's just a nudge inside that you're like, oh, I just, I don't know what it is, but I feel stuck. This book can be the roadmap for you that our moms just didn't even have to give us. You know, our moms hung it up and they said, eh, you know, all right, I did my job. And for us, the second half of our lives can be the better half. And it's all up to us. And hopefully this book can kind of be that, that roadmap for you. Yes. I want to uh, leave the listeners with a few things here. Um, you have a section, uh, it's sort of exhilarating and terrifying. Uh, it can feel like we only have one shot now. This is it. We cannot let fear hold us back, and so often it does. What are we afraid of? The list can go on and on. I'll fail. It's too late for me to take up a new hobby. People will think I'm silly. I'll be seen as selfish (laughs) to take time for myself. I won't actually enjoy that thing I think I'm passionate about. I'm too busy to actually commit. I'd love to open a store, but I'm just dealing with too much right now. And, And you give all kinds of great advice. Right, right. Well, we heard that over and over again. We really did. And when we really got curious with these women and really kind of looked under the hood a little bit more, the fears were paralyzing them. And if they could just sort of take baby steps to, you know, kind of start to think about changing a few things in their lives, and it doesn't have to be paramount. You know, when we said, when we would say women, well, what do you think your purpose is? It's like, ah, I don't, I don't know. Is that supposed to be this existential, like, huge question? Yeah. And it's more about finding who you are again right now. Finding out, like, go back to when you were a kid. What did you like to do? You know, Trish and I dance all the time. We, we play. We brainstorm. We cover the wall in white paper. And we brainstorm with each other. And we have lost it. At this point in our lives, this phase, 40-plus, we kind of, are supposed to be these adults that are fully formed and know exactly what our purpose is. And guess what? We don't have to. Yeah. And we can go back to that time where we can play and figure it out again. And when you do that and you kind of have that playful mindset and get a girlfriend and play together, things really open up. And it's, it's really amazing. I, I think you're really blessed, both of you, because a lot of times life gets too busy, too serious, and we, we don't have those uh, friendships that are so important. 
It's so true. You know, the, the friendships we make when our kids are little, just it's kind of because our kids are friends, not necessarily because they're the right friends for you. Maybe at the time it's fine. But now as we're growing and evolving and we have so much education behind us, we have so much experience, life and professional behind us, but we don't necessarily have the friends that kind of match where we are kind of soulfully or professionally or personally. So it really is important to find your tribe, find them now. And again, the way to do it is to get involved with things you love and get outside your box. Absolutely. So where can people find out more about you and this book? Yeah, great. So we didn't talk a lot about rebranding midlife, but we love the word perennial. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the word that like made everybody light up. So everlasting, ever blooming, more beautiful year after year. So our website is weareperennials.co, C-O. So weareperennials.co. And that's where you can find info on the books, all of our books, and Trish and I, and, you know, kind of our mission. Fantastic. I want to thank you so much for calling in. This has been great. Thank you so much. So fun. Have a great day. Okay, thanks. Bye-bye. Okay, so if you missed any part of our conversation, uh, it is up, um, will be up on my show blog, getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. But right now there is a complete description of Amy's book, Amy and Tricia. Uh, and the book is Just When You're Comfortable in Your Own Skin, It Starts to Sag, Rewriting the Rules of Midlife. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at moms, M-O-M-Z, underscore rock. And KUCI is on Twitter at KUCI-FM. We're on Instagram at KUCI-FM. Tumblr, blog.kuci.org. And we're on Facebook at KUCI-889. We're going to take a little break. And then uh, Jet Wittick is going to call in. She's an author and poet behind the popular Gluten-Free Sage blog. She's a wellness expert and advocate for celiac disease. And she'll be with me in just a bit. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. 